0: 87th Precinct bonus episode for the book See Them Die, which we discussed in our main podcast, which you would have listened to a week ago. I don't know when I'm going to release these, something <laughs> like that anyway. A week has passed and we're still here with our books in front of us and we'll do a quick review because there's not much to say about the editions that Morgan and I have of this book. Annoyingly, no. They're, because they're... it's the same one that we had when we did the Heckler last time. Yeah,
1: we're well, so boring.
0: It's just the Orion edition with the revised dedications in it. Uh-huh. So they're all dedicated to Hunter's wife, uh, Dragica. Dragica. I don't uh, wish the, I knew how to pronounce
1: it. I, I feel like you, your second one there... Dragica. It seems right
0: to me. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I hope so. Whereas Steve-O has... What have you got, steve i I've got the,
2: uh, the Pan from 78, Pan 78. What's the cover of your... 1980, printing. All right. good, good vintage. Yeah, the... Um, well, the thing uh, that I mentioned about that we would not discussed really was the title, actually, which I always think's called "See Them Die." Yeah, quite dramatic. But yeah, there's some fairly cool-looking guy on the front with shades, looking a bit kind of. Do you think he's supposed to be mysterious. Pepe Miranda? I, wow.
0: I, 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 or is he a gang member? Or I don't know. It's hard to I, know. I don't know. It could be. Or is it someone watching the scene unfold? It could be. Uh,
1: it's a sunny day, so you probably. Know, put it, yeah, in it, it could, it, it on could even
2: be Frankie, that though. I would maybe. Yeah, let's have a look lucky. let's see.
0: It could be. Yeah. I mean, you, he just looks there a is bit. a sort looks, of reflection of buildings in his. In he looks his like
2: he means business, anyway. Oh. You know.
0: He does. He's not young anyway. He's not. No. So he's not one of the. But he's not old. Cover photography by Colin Thomas.
2: So anyway, it's some stern looking. Man of action. But yeah, the, the title, face see, face "See Them Die,
0: of... as you mentioned there.
2: Yes, yeah, kind of.
0: Well, like I say, the original short story was called See Him Die. Uh. And it was about the gang members watching the scene unfold where a guy is shot. In here it's See Them Die, uh. which because we have more than one death in this story, unlike the short story. Mm. And the comedy character... Frederick Block, the big fat man. Oh, he's, does he say He says, I want to see him die. Ah. So that's quite an interesting thing. Oh, yeah. That's where the title comes from. Anyway, I do, I'm do. i looking forward to getting the short story collection, Learning to Kill. Oh. I think that'll be very interesting in terms of his development.
2: And Absolutely, the, yes. Can I, can I say something totally irrelevant to the books <laughs> whatsoever? Of course you but, can. Um, it, it's occurred to me at the beginning that the Hark... Yeah, eight seven P Every now and then, it reminds me of uh, Fred Dinage. Is it in <laughs> how?
0: From the that's gym. why I
2: sometimes. Do you notice sometimes I raise my hand and when well, no, I say how. that because he used to say how didn't he? How. how that's how for now. Yeah, He used to sign off with that. So that's that's hark for now. Perhaps that could be a well
0: talking about. Talking about this weird British ephemera that we seem to lapse into.
2: We do. Well, well, we it, do. It, it's well, our, it's our duty, surely. So we've added another. Yeah.
0: This is our perspective. Unfortunately, our perspective is is bound into such things as Coronation Street, as we yep. mentioned in the main podcast.
2: Kenneth Connor.
0: And the cast of the carry-on films, of which we should talk about again <laughs> in a second. <laughs> they do. And now we've introduced How, which was basically a sort of magazine programme for kids wasn't it like, about how, it, to, how to do things like it,
1: was, it was almost a sort of like vaguely scientific magazine mm. so it was almost like a little bit educational how, but
0: still quite good. How, how edutainment to, mm. edutainment that's a horrible send word send your it hamster
2: is. to the moon or something <laughs> yeah. you? you could build a rocket for it and yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, there'd be a little panel like. Yeah. Uh, so, how do you send your hands to the moon? Well, to I don't a- know, Fred? Well, I <laughs> uh, imagine you're going to show us how. <laughs> oh
2: God, just thought something really funny. <laughs> how to make a papier mache Inspector Morse? <laughs> That'd be amazing. Wouldn't I think it? I missed that episode, but <laughs> like a you need loads of chicken wire. One
0: of the most popular programs on TV at the moment is Inspector Morse. We're going to show you how to make a papier mâché version of it. Yeah. And if you've got time, you mm. can do Lewis too. <laughs> well, how are you going to do that, gas Top? Well, <laughs> I believe How was around for quite a long time. Yeah. It
1: was, it was yeah, an there's an early like version. The, the, the there's a 70s version, and then I think. Uh, was there? Yeah, I, and I it think came back as like as Fred Th- was. was, he, was, was the, he was the original cast member, wasn't ah, he? And then, right, it's always
2: ah. and and it was
0: it was Gaz, Gaz Top to... and Carol Vorderman. That's right, yeah. I remember one where they were showing you how to quickly change a duvet cover <laughs> and I use that technique to this day. Wow. Wow. Presumably all, they had parents writing in saying, How can you encourage my children to make their own beds?
1: If only I'd seen that, it's a constant source of pain and the frustration of times a
0: fire brigade have had to cut you out of a duvet cover.
2: <laughs> That's amazing. Anyway, um,
0: I did ask on Twitter if any of our followers from abroad really knew what the carry-on films were, because we keep talking about the carry-on
2: films. I mean, we really do. <laughs> we're not I deli- don't know why, because they're almost universally awful. Um,
0: well, it's yeah, it's a tricky one, and I don't know if we want to actually give specific details, save to say, if you want to find out who Kenneth Connor is, yeah. or Kenneth Williams, or any of the others, Hattie J. Perhaps Jones, um,
2: perhaps we subconsciously mention them because there's a massive amount of them, and they've all got the same characters in them. Well, same individuals in playing different and it's, characters, it's, it's, it's sort of
1: uh,
0: running S- concurrently S- with the eighty seventh precinct novels. So, yes. yeah, so yeah, nineteen sixty Carry On Constable. That's, but, uh, that was our equivalent of the eighty seventh precinct. <laughs> That's the closest <laughs> we could come. And but, in fact, I'll tell you this if you want another tenuous link, we did have the tenuous link of Kenneth Williams being on an episode of Wogan with Evan Hunter in the 80s, oh, which we talked okay. about yeah, yeah. episodes ago. The other day when I was in London, I went to a very good bookshop called Scoob Books. Oh. And just over the road from that, that bookshop where I bought two Ed McBain books, standalone Excellent. ones, is where Kenneth Williams used to live. Oh. So it seemed <laughs> that our talking about Ed McBain is fated to be tied into this lightweight comedy series of films from I mean, the 1960s um. and 70s. So sorry about
2: that everyone. What we should what we should try actually move away from um, Carry On films and see whether there's more similar to the Hammer Horror films and their uh, their cast Mike Michael Ripper. Uh, Michael Ripper, yeah. These are great actors. Yeah, so I think he was in some police procedural. Or something. I think he was probably in quite a lot of police TV stuff. Mm. Oh, so some let's the that. Stuff that, that that'd be something to. Um, talking pictures. Yeah, flag up. <laughs> what we haven't done,
0: Steve is you haven't huffed your book to give us a, a sense of the smell. You say it's a 1980s edition. This
2: is probably where you got your coffee. Reasonably odourless. I don't know whether it's. I, I have no sense of smell at the best of times. Oh, no, i now. A now quick go. Reasonably odourless, that.
0: Yeah, there's a little bit of uh, depth of scent as you get towards the spine. Once you get your, your hooter right in there.
2: Well, I don't know whether it's, it's my, not my slight cold I've got, but. but
0: like the rubbish versions. We yeah,
1: they're, they're, that's not going to be fragrant at all. <laughs>
0: no. Disappointingly. Okay. Oh, I'll tell you what, right, here we go. Let's get back to Ed McBain. And I, th- what I've done is I've printed out. a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everyone. <laughs> This was part of my research to see them die, and one of the things in the New York Times that came up was from 1962, and it was a list of classified ads for a company selling books cheap. And so I've printed it out, and I thought you guys might like to have a little look uh-huh. through. It's had to go over several pages, because it's a big, long, thin advert. See if there's any, any books on this printout that you'd be interested in. I'll pass you a, a couple of pages each. There's another one for you there, Steve-O. Uh, wow. So there's a couple of McBanes on this list, which is why it, it cropped up. So see if there's any titles on here that grab you. Let's have a look. Have a Cooking
2: look. the Chinese Way by N. Fround. Fround? F-R-O-U-D. That's an interesting name. Mm.
0: I've got a couple of favourites on this list. I'm quite keen on the days of the harpsichord. <laughs> nice. The days
2: of the... yeah. Furniture in Your Home by G. Thomas. A survey of the changes in domestic furniture. These Many are all, photos and drawings.
0: I wonder why these are in the sort of sale... There's
1: some corkers here. The Men from the Boys by Perrin Stryker.
2: A fictionalised
1: examination of the subtle differences that distinguish ordinary managers from executives.
0: Seems very thrusting.
1: Well, yeah. Actually, after the the title and the guy's name, I was expecting it to be loads more exciting. It's actually incredibly dull from the description. Um,
0: There's one on here called Eight American Locomotives. Ooh. That sounds like it's yeah. just some pictures of locomotives.
2: All right. Well, this but, has got...
0: Eight of them. Eight of them. Well, no at-
2: more, no less. <laughs> Atlas of Men, I think you'll find, has got 1,175 photographs in the nude. What? Ooh. what? It's a guide... A gu- what the hell does that say, Morgan? A guide on what? Uh, s- somatotyping?
0: What? Somata- Som- somatotyping? Is that body the, types?
2: The Problems of Human Physique. 1, Somatic
0: what? it relates relates to the to 1,
2: the body. One thousand one hundred seventy-five so, photographs yeah. in the nude of eighty-eight known types with age, height, weight, standard, etc. <laughs> this seems like a, a hand... flimsy
1: excuse for a book full of nudies. It certainly a is hand,
2: a handbook for physicians, psychologists, handbook. Yeah, yep. <laughs> <what do you laughs> There's a euphemism. Physical educators, actuaries, <laughs> and uh, nutritionists, human biologists. Published at uh, that must be the publisher's price. Ten dollars only. Three ninety-five.
1: No, no such euphemisms required for modern
2: sex techniques by R Street. Yeah. Well, look at this. Uh, Instead of paperback, (laughs) limp cover. Limp cover. (laughs) It's even worse. Limp cover. It says that on quite a few. It's like your uh, roll them up. It's like it's your... the opposite of,
1: of, of a perma back. Yes. Yeah, sort of like, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad to say that modern sex techniques doesn't have a limp
2: cover. No, It'd be a bit l- oh, <laughs> oh my God! Right. Well, it's funny. This book should be on here because this was an episode of In Our Time last week.
0: All oh, right, with, our, um, uh, with with me, friend. Melvin
2: Bragg. Tonight is the history of the self winding watch, 1770 to 1931.
0: <laughs> That's definitely an episode of In Our Time. This
2: handsome volume by Alfred Chaptus and Eugène Jacquet details the complete development of every mechanism that contributed to the self-winding watch. Over a hundred and, over 150-something, I, I can't read that, <laughs> many tipped on. Many tipped on, over what, 150 watts, many tipped on. Indices eight and a half inches by eleven inches, big old book. That nine ninety five special price, bargain. And if you wanted an Ed
0: McVeigh, you could get the Heckler and um, give the boys a great big hand, or see them die in the two for one dollar. Crikey, uh, you can deal have a- by
2: 1962. Oh, nice. so a bit of a swap, shall we, see <laughs> spot any- I
0: give these out not only as light relief for our humorous bonus episode, oh, awesome. but also because it's just interesting to see the sorts of things that were around at the time as well. I mean, this is a weird list. This is oh, like going the- into all of those badly organised bookshops. Yeah. <laughs> look,
2: at- yeah. Oh, look, this book sounds great. It should never have happened. I- I was that sounds that one. amazing. You'd be. What, a book about some fires that happened! Yeah, an, in, an informative and frightening account of headline-making fires around the world, disasters is, that happened yeah. in fireproof hotels, ships surrounded by water. <laughs> Isn't that every ship?
0: Well, everyone, people like a good disaster, don't they? So nightclubs
2: and other safe places. I don't know, fireproof hotel. Which is more more dangerous? A fireproof hotel, a ship surrounded by water, or a nightclub. <laughs> mm, I, can, I can spot risks in all of those areas. Yeah. Modern sex techniques. Yeah. yeah like well. R Street. A frank discussion of sexual practices presented detailed instructions for achieving mutual satisfaction and offering straightforward information on basic principles. Always good to have straightforward yeah. information on basic principles. Illustrations. Excellent. Nice.
0: Sounds pretty good. If we, if we could get away from the uh, dirty books on <laughs> offer here, you, for see, a second. you should
2: never have given this to me. It sounds. Uh... <laughs>
0: well, you can order them if you want. I don't know if they're
1: still uh, 1962. I'd imagine uh, my two dollars ninety eight would still secure me the days
2: of the harpsichord uh, if I so desired. You'd hope so. Paint okay. the wind. That sounds quite good. It sounds frustrating. <laughs> the remarkable watercolors of BT Be- and Yaz. <laughs> Well, you are we just go. making up. These I'm are, not! These
0: are Star Wars names. Well, there we go. <laughs> I was Trends. thinking about, and I I think I did drop this hint on our little group chat, because I was listening to, very recently, a podcast about board games and, and mm. sort of craft gaming type stuff called Five By Games. Very interesting little reviews of games. There's a review of a thing called Pulp Detective, which sounds quite good. But it got me to thinking, there's no 87th Precinct board game, and if there oh, was, what God. would you have? What would you have for a board game? I did have a think
1: about this, and I've kind of forgotten what most of my thoughts were, but um, would you have a thing a bit like Scotland Yard, maybe? If
0: anyone knows the, the board game Scotland Yard. Well, this Yard. is what I'm thinking, because you've got Scotland Yard, steve oh, haven't you? And
2: you've yeah, it. that's like pursuing a, uh, using a criminal around London, a map of London <laughs> using out. bus tickets, and I think basically it, when you run out of... Underground passes. You've uh, you scuppered. You're, you're scuppered. Uh,
1: in this day and age, would have to be more involved. Like maybe you have like a thing where each member of of the game playing party yeah, they, like has to select a card. One of you is the deaf man. Yeah, this is what um, I was thinking. Would the deaf man be like the you, main you, you, villain? Surely. Uh, so the deaf man has to go away and read the scenario suggested by the card and then the other people will be random members of the squad, depending on which card they picked,
2: and they all have different attributes and different weaknesses. Well, you could all be a detective, and you've got to move around the the board uh, trying to get promoted from third grade to second grade and oh. first grade but given that none of the characters ever do <laughs> is is that second, would be entirely unrealistic incredibly long it's a, un- it's a, it's it's a, it's a, a totally t- impossible <laughs> game that it's is a, very frustrating you just had to play it for
0: 50 years yeah. in the same place as when you started
2: yeah the only person yeah the only character is if you're lucky enough to be Berkeley, you get to get promoted once in the first round <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's it but I could definitely see a game with like different scenarios like loads of them and one person being the deaf man and having to try and go, uh, for,
2: go from A to B to yeah, execute uh, his crime. They've been given the, a scenario and then the other
1: game players have been given their characters and according to their character they have to like, try and act as best they can to stop it. Yeah, like that you could, could have really like... like the heckler one, where you know, you'd yeah. have to go
2: to the shops to then interview. Even
1: once you've gone through all the scenarios, you'd never, probably never end up playing with the exact same mix of detectives, so the way it would pan out would vary depending on how the person playing the deaf man chose to go about it. and how. Would you
0: have a, a board that was laid out like the city? Oh, yes. Definitely. I think that would be all the, the, pre- pre- yeah. the It's a no-brainer. Yeah. We could have
2: a flit. You could have on one side the priest, you know, slightly... Larger scale, yeah, um, of the city and the boroughs Yeah, and then on the other side, the the just the precinct.
0: Oh. I think there's there's, it's, there's enough content in terms of the world that you could you could definitely do something yeah. interesting with it, and you could have like action. You know, you sort of a lot of these games are driven by the random event cards that you occasionally have to draw. Yeah, akin to the you know, like Monopoly. Captain things, Frick they? has required a. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or you, you've got cards that relate to, say, information from an informant. Mm, Imagine yep. drawing the Danny Gimp card you out of the... Fats Donner. Yeah, miss yeah. a
2: turn. While, you get
0: good yeah. information, but you have to spend a turn in a steam bath.
2: <laughs> with a paedophile.
1: With basically we're a paedophile. Yeah. <coughs> Emerge um, wrinkly and slightly disgusted, but with good and Useful <laughs> intel. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: I, think the, you know, I think there's definite uh, potential there. It's when you start thinking about the actual mechanisms of games that you like, though, particularly now that gaming is such a big thing and it's it's so so considered on all the levels of artwork, design, functionality, stuff like that. When you start thinking about the mechanisms, goodness me, it makes your head hurt. But the, uh, does. Especially the, when you have know. to try and make them into a playable game. Yeah, like, if you think, Only
2: a few steps. If, if you're detectives, depending on who you picked out, they could have different attributes. If you were Hal Willis, you, uh, you might have a high score for your... Uh, G- judo skills. Yeah, so you've got some special skill that comes from that. A little bit like that, your,
0: your card or, from Talisman that gives you
1: your, yeah, your attributes. That's it, yeah, so exactly. every, every individual character would have, like...
2: Some strengths and some weaknesses. So
1: depending on what situation they got in. Um,
2: yeah, yeah, exactly. So if you had somebody like Fat Ollie, his special skill could be going anywhere on the board that the others oh, yeah. can't, due to the fact that he always turns up uh, uninvited. <laughs> oh, blimey. Uh, this well, is copyright us. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, although I'd be quite well, glad if somebody did all the hard work and yeah. uh, just you saw it on the internet. <laughs> yeah.
0: They're available for consultation with people who actually know how games work. But yeah, it could be good. Yeah, we'll have to keep thinking about that. Mm. That could be make our fortune. <laughs> I suspect people don't make fortunes off a lot of these craft games. But now. probably Even not, though no. most of them sell for about 60 quid a pop. Well, they're, they're outrageous, aren't they? Yeah.
2: Well, I think they have to sell for such a high price in order that the... Ten thousand units that the actually oh. sellers actually paid for their the, like, manufacturing co- distribution basic and heads, yeah. give them a, a slight, I think uh, so. fee.
0: Definitely. Anyway, you know, on a totally unrelated subject, I do feel I need to tell you guys this, and um, I, you know, and everyone, in that I was in our local um, ASDA, which is a branch of Walmart. It's a grocery store. It's a big shop, and they have a at certain times of day, they put out the cheap food that's about to expire. Oh, I I bought
2: some cheap food from Asda today.
0: Well, perhaps you saw it. There was two tubs, which were about, let's say... of of the ham. Of the ham. It was just labelled. There was a label on these boxes of diced ham. (laughs) And these boxes, what were sort of... (laughs) They were massive. 25 by 20 sort of across and about 15 centimetres deep. And the label just said, waste
2: ham. (laughs) Yeah. You just looked at it and thought... Who's going to buy a box of waste ham? <laughs> the only conce- if you were about to make like the world's biggest ham omelette, you know, like or a pizza, a huge
0: ham and mushroom pizza yeah. or something.
2: What twenty of them? Yeah. yeah, twenty thousand. I saw those. Two of them, wasn't there? Two big boxes it, of waste ham. Waste ham. Well, what
0: concerns me is I don't know what the thing is that they are the waste from.
2: <laughs> the uh...
0: Have they swept them up off the floor, or they been slicing up something else. I wasted off
2: the the other ham.
0: Yeah, well, that's as simple as it is, really, isn't it? (laughs) Goodness me. There are two
2: types of ham in this world ham and waste ham.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I've been to Waste Ham, it's near Portsmouth.
2: It's near East Ham. (laughs) Oh (laughs) oh,
0: dear. (laughs)
2: They play on Saturday.
0: (laughs) Oh, good Lord. And that, I think is as good a point to stop this bonus episode (laughs) as any. Please, stop it. If you have any tales of Waste Ham from your own particular uh, burg or zone that you live in, then... Do you uh, like Waste Ham
2: or West Ham?
0: West West Ham?
2: Or West Ham?
0: West Ham. Oh dear. Good evening. (laughs) Do Melvin Bragg introducing a programme about Waste Ham...
2: Okay. (laughs) Uh, uh, Today on In Our Time, we're discussing Waste Ham, its cultural development from the 16th century uh, to its fall from grace in the the interwar period. (laughs) So, listen out for that on the BBC iPlayer,
0: everyone. Oh, yes. We're going away to listen to it now. Good night, everyone. Good night.
2: Good (laughs) night.